Welcome to the Craft to Career Podcast with Elizabeth Chapel, where every week we dive into how you can turn your craft into a successful career. Get ready to have the career you've always dreamed of. Welcome to episode 92 of the Craft to Career Podcast. I am Elizabeth Chapel of Quilters Candy, the host of the show, and this week I am inviting back and super excited to have Jemima Flint of Tied with a Ribbon. She was on the podcast a while back. We did a coaching session and I actually really love this. She reached out to me and was like, can I come back on? I want to share how things went. And of course, I love to have people back on to hear how they implemented the things that we talked about and how that has worked for them. And there was some really I just really love chatting with Jemima. She is super talented. She is going places. She has gone places and will continue to. And it was just really great to chat with her. I loved how she, I mean, she is a go-getter. And so I'm excited for you to hear all that's happened, the things that she implemented and how she had to pivot because one of them wasn't working. So let's dive in. Before that, I'm going to share the Apple Podcast review. For this week, it comes from Susanna underscore makes. And Susanna says, this show is what the quilt world needs more of. Elizabeth provides great insight into the business of the quilt world. Too many in the quilt world avoid these topics. However, they are vital to the success of the industry. Professionals and want to be professionals alike should take a listen. That is so sweet. Thank you, Susanna. I do love talking about all the topics. And I do really believe that too, that the success of the industry depends on being open and transparent, learning what's working, what's not working, what we can charge, what we should do for free, all the things. So thank you. I really appreciate that. If you're listening and you have not left a review, I would love for you to leave a review. I've noticed there are also a lot of reviews on Spotify which that you can just leave a star review, but I still really appreciate it. So thank you to you listeners for leaving reviews. And now let me jump in and let's chat with Jemima. All right, super excited to have Jemima here. We had her on the podcast a while back. I'll have to look and see when that was. But it was a coaching call, and we had made some goals and talked about her business and growth, and so this is the follow-up to see how things have gone. So Jemima, welcome. Welcome back. I'd love to hear a recap, yeah, of how things are going. Yeah, it's, um, thanks for having me again, Liz. It's been a very busy, I think it's just over sort of six months since we last chatted, and it's definitely been busy in terms of having those goals and uh, working towards getting those uh, ticked off. So yeah, really excited. Yeah, awesome. And so we have kind of been in touch since via email through We Talked Last, and you have some really big things coming up, one of which, but I want to start with, is email marketing. The reason I want to talk about that is because I'm very pleased with how you move forward with it. So I had a suggestion for you of be a guest on a blog. And so I want you to talk about how that went. But the thing I'm so pleased with 
is your determination to like, I will figure out something that's going to work. That's what it takes to succeed. Things are always pivoting and changing. So let's dive in. And can you share about growing your email list? Yeah, of course. Well, when we last chatted, we were um, talking about some of the ways that I could really help to push that needle forward on my email list because I felt that I'd come to a point where I was really just at a standstill and couldn't grow it anymore organically and looking at those ways that we could, um, ideas and suggestions really to help grow that. And one of those that you had mentioned was your success that you'd had with reaching out to bloggers and putting forward your um, your name and your details and what you like to do and how you could actually you know work collaborative collaboratively uh, with with those so um, so that's kind of where I started off off the back of your um, suggestion um, didn't quite go to plan I have to say um, I am so curious to hear details what happened and you don't need to say names or anything but what happened well I kind of you know I put together um, a bit of an email I put together an idea of who I wanted to um, approach and who I wanted to to talk to and as I started um, chatting and not even chatting sending those emails and talking um, to those people I kind of realized that this wasn't really going to work out the way that I had thought it would you know look all you know sparkly and glittery it really just the doors didn't open in that direction at all how did it look were they like no I'm not accepting that or I'm not interested it was definitely mostly a case of they had very certain ways that they approached their blogging now as to what they wanted and things needed to fit in certain categories and I wasn't necessarily fitting into their specific categories for what they were doing. And I guess that that's, you know, as things move and evolve with time, those are things that they've put in, into process um, for their blogs. So, And can I ask, is it topics or is it they, I don't want to have guests who have a free opt-in on my blog? Uh, definitely there wasn't the option to have that. Um, ability Mm -hmm. that necessarily that that connection to their audience Um, and definitely they had certain parameters around what they wanted you to deliver and what that looked like Um, certainly more in terms of what they did and how we I I could do things that were already theirs or those sorts of things so promote them nothing about you I guess, yeah, so I guess more just in me putting my name to having done something and um, and that was the, the promotion side of, of them, you know, uh, allowing me to come and, and, and write for them. So, and at that point I kind of realised that that just wasn't wasn't what I was looking for and wasn't what I was hoping for. So, um, yeah. yeah. How many people did you reach out to out of curiosity? I'm curious how many what kind of how big of a trend this is um I probably reached out to three or four uh and by the time I was sort of getting the same response um I started to have to rethink how I was going to approach that type of um collaboration so but in saying that that's oh we keep real quick though that is what I am so proud of is that you pivoted and you're not like oh well I can't do it there goes that I'm I'm gonna throw in the towel you are scrappy you like okay I need to do something else so I'm so curious to hear 
what you did. Yeah. Well, I there were a couple of options for um, for moving forward with that type of um, blog promotion, and those are things that I've got um, in the works for things coming out this year. So there are so not all doors to that were closed, but um, the majority of the ones that I thought would be um, you know great leads, or even that I had you know previously sort of had some contact with, um, those ones sort of didn't come through. So it was yeah about just realizing that I had to rethink this process of how was I going to continue to grow this email list without necessarily at this stage because I'd also looked into the Facebook marketing so without throwing heaps of money at it at this Mm -hmm. stage um, how could I continue to grow that so and that's where I guess I've always I've always just had this determination in in what I do in that it's not about waiting for a door necessarily to be opened. It's about knocking on that door and um, introducing yourself and, um, you know, walking in and um, and trying to make that connection with people so that, you know, they can see what you do. And in doing that, I also then started to look around on Instagram as to what was happening, what was, you know, that new trend of collaborative email marketing and then I started to really realize what that new trend sort of seemed to be. So can you speak to that? I have my suspicions of what it is but what is this new trend that you speak of? (laughs) Uh, Definitely the um, you know approach of collaborative designers coming together and working on um, projects and patterns and bundle deals and all those sorts of things so and I sort of quickly realized that this was something that people were starting to do I'd seen a few um, here in Australia I'd seen a few sort of overseas and I started asking questions because I didn't know how to get necessarily into the doors of those types of um, events so uh, yeah mm-hmm. I certainly started knocking on some doors and asking questions from from my insta friends and um, my quilty mates as to you know how, how how did you get on these lists you know where where do you sort of find these leads and because I just had no idea so have you participated in one and I will say I had major FOMO because I saw a group of people doing one of those and I wasn't. And then I heard how successful it was in growing their list at the end. I'm like, ah, dang it. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to start my own. I'm going to gather my own group and put this together. So it will be coming out later this year. Keep an eye. And the topic is very different from what's been out there. But um, how did you then move forward with that? Yeah. So once I started um, investigating a bit further and working out sort of how this was sort of a way that people were putting together um, you know, ideas and projects and getting them out to people. I started to to message some people and find my way through to people who were organising those events and essentially putting up my hand really to say I'd love to love to be involved and um, you know this is what I do um, and you know if there's if there's room you know if there's spots then definitely I was keen. And did you get a spot? Are you going to be in one or have you been in one? Yeah, so I um, actually did two um, just the other side of um, last year or just before sort of Christmas. So, I, yeah, I was actually involved in two um, two different events. Um, yeah, which was, you know, there's certainly a lot to learn from, from being part of these um, event-style um, collaborations and definitely um, I've learned a lot about my email list and, and especially how to grow that and how to – things that I just didn't even 
consider beforehand um, as to, you know, what that needs to, to look like. So tell us, I, even I am like, Ooh, what, what have you learned? I must know. (laughs) I think mostly, well, first of all, I think I learned that, um, everyone's, um, email provider works very differently. And I was sort of running into a few roadblocks with my particular email provider as to, you know, being able to, um, upload lists and that sort of thing. So, um, and definitely in terms of, speaking to the, the quality of the list I've definitely mm-hmm. learned how um, it's just not a num- it's not a numbers game in terms of your of your list and who you're sending those emails to so what what do you mean by that um, because everyone's um, very happy to sort of you know they love all the the things that go with it but then you've also got this um, in terms of your email list you've actually got to work out how you're going to convert those followers into your own audience so you've got people who haven't necessarily come across you before don't know what you do and then you're um, going to be emailing them telling them all about yourself and, and what you do and what you offer but they don't necessarily know about you or have come across you um, before in that way so it's really about learning how to convert um, that email list into followers who, who do love what you do and who, you know, are keen to, to be on your list and to, especially to open those emails because it doesn't matter how many emails are landing in inboxes. If they're not getting opened, then you're paying to have them on your list. Who's your email provider? Um, I've been uh, with MailChimp. Okay. And are you happy with it? It sounds like there's been a bit of a hiccup uploading people or lists. Um, I, yeah, we have had, um, well, yeah, there has been a hiccup only in terms of, um, their, their, uh, their rules and the way that they like you to, to do that. Um, they have very clear, um, guidelines on, on what they, they do. And, and I just wasn't, I hadn't done an, an event like this before either. So they were things that I wasn't really sort of, and, you know, I should have known or should have done some, um, investigating you know a bit earlier in terms of you know how how I was going to then do that so um I just go ahead sorry no I just yeah kind of assumed it was as easy as um as it looked (laughs) have you looked at Flowdesk uh I've looked at a couple of other um email providers and definitely in terms of um going forward that's something that I've got to have um have, have a good look at because MailChimp for me originally in the beginning was such a great option because you could have quite a big list without having to pay for it. And initially back when I started my list, that was great. And then years down the track as you develop all these links and everything is linked back to that one, you know, all those landing pages and everything like that, everything starts to become a little bit more complicated than just switching over and um, changing over one button. But definitely come to that point where um moving forward I'm in the mindset where I'm ready to to look at you know making those changes you know what I think I actually might do a little training on Flowdesk because I anyhow I used to have MailChimp and it really sucks to be penalized for growing your list where like oh now I have to pay more you want to feel excited about growing your list um anyhow there's a lot to that but that's a topic for another day. Yeah, and that's the thing, you know, if you're paying, you know, substantial amounts because 
you want those emails to be delivered, but you can't. They're also then saying, well, you can't, you know, where are these emails from and how did you get them? Um, and then stopping you from sending out emails, then it's really, you know, it's not going to work in, in your favour. Yeah. <laughs> you're just paying for something that you're not getting. Interesting. I didn't know they had that because I also use Kajabi where I've grown, I import my email list on both. And Kajabi, the hiccup with that is you can only upload like 50 people at a time or something. So when you have a list of thousands of people, it really sucks to like, okay, copy and paste these 50 and then this and this. Whereas in Flowdesk, you can just upload unlimited, but each one has their pros and cons. But Flowdesk, it's capped. You only pay so much a month for life and it's under a hundred bucks a month. No matter how big, but anyhow, that's a topic for another day, like I said. <laughs> but definitely in terms of, you know, it, it's such a great way to reach a new audience. So it's, de- you know, definitely in terms of growing um, new leads and trying to build that audience going forward. As I said, I you know, it has been successful in terms of, you know, I've been able to, to triple my list. Okay, yeah, let's talk numbers. So you tripled your list. Mm-hmm. By being a part of these groups where you're offering something in exchange for an email. That's right. And how, okay, I also want to speak about, because I always hear from people like, oh my gosh, I had people unsubscribe every time I send an email. I'm like, yes, you will. So can you speak to that? Um, Well, that's also where I run into some trouble because when you have, um, in MailChimp, when you have a large number of people unsubscribe, um, you get flagged. So these are the types of things that I hadn't, because I hadn't done this type of thing before, I hadn't come across any of this before. So that was um, just the, the, the things that I've, I've really learned in terms of, you know, being able to, to grow that list, but also what you can and can't do um, within that. Because it, as I said, it wasn't something that I'd come across or done before. So what kind of, do you, does MailChimp tell you percentage wise what your unsubscribe is per email? Uh, it, t- it gives you the numbers of um, unsubscribes per email and okay. the, and then what it does is it, um, there are percentages based on your particular industry that it will um, say if it's higher than this or if it's more than this, um, that's above industry standards. So you must be sending spam or you must be sending to accounts who haven't signed up or that type of thing to have that number of subscribes. So it's been learning things like, you know, having a double opt-in um, for those particular, yeah. you know, um, people coming into into the list. So uh, look, I've, you know, I've learned so much in, in, yeah. in not only, you know, working with, with the events and um, being able to, to do that side of things, but also in terms of, um, how to make those those work for me and um, and as I said before just that total you know you, you want your emails to be open so when you're sending them you want people to be reading what you're sending you want it to be informative you want it to be relevant because having that num- large number on your list doesn't mean anything when you just continually have that unsubscribe rate yeah well and things that help that really kind of hurt to do but help your email list go in and if there's anyone who's bouncing or not opening your emails delete them off your list because that will open your no that will up your open rate but I'm gonna share some numbers here tell me if this sounds similar ish to okay so I sent an email to about 40,000 people 
about 20,000 opened it. So it was a 47.5% open rate. There were 261 people who unsubscribed, six bounces. So that means I need to clean those emails out. And then eight people who marked it as spam. And I know I can go in and look and see how those people are. And I don't because I'm like curses, you know, <laughs> but does that sound about similar to what you have going on? Yeah. So in my open rate, I'm sitting at about 60% on my open rate. Nice. That's um, my sub- That's phenomenal. So, um, which I'm really happy with. And I've been um, working with a VA as well um, last last year because I I needed help in being able to work on my MailChimp and I knew that that was one area that I needed to grow. So that was really kind of, I decided rather than putting my money into Facebook marketing, like we had chatted about, I actually decided to put my money into a VA who's helped me really grow that back end of that and who um, can really give me, you know, the, the actual great information sometimes in converting that email and helping those and looking at all those numbers and making sure we're looking at what's going out and doing that. So that's where I, instead of investing in Facebook ads, I decided to invest in someone to come on board to, to help me with that. So tell me everything. We have got to dive deep into this. I'm very intrigued. First of all, how did what? How did you find the VA? Um, I had actually um, been working with a, um, a VA last year, and then that was kind of just I would send the everything that I had was sending out in the newsletter. I would send it to her, and she would um, just upload that. So that was basically just her role. And at that point, when I decided I needed someone to to look into being a VA who actually sort of offered some sort of marketing background or some sort of um, had that experience and knowledge in making that list grow. Um, I was chatting to a a friend of mine and we were chatting about, you know, what I was trying to do and how I was frustrated with, you know, trying to do all these things but hadn't sort of really gotten anywhere yet. And at that point um, they then sort of suggested that they were looking at um, doing that area within, you know, their business um, on sort of a, a more bigger scale than what they had been doing. And um, I've been working with her. So, and, um, yeah, it's it's definitely uh, been beneficial. You know, she's great in terms of, um, you know, letting me know where things are improving and, um, awesome. you know, on the numbers and what we can do to, to sort of help push things or what, you know, what we can do and all those sorts of things. So, so does she look at like the open rate or this unsubscribe was really high here? Let's look at what's going on or what, like, what does she do? She's really, um, intrigued and, and really is, um, into all the, the marketing best practices and really sort of has done a lot of homework and background work on, you know, what works within the craft industry. And she's done her homework in terms of, you know, knowing sort of the industry. She also, um, yeah, you know, has a background in this industry as well. So when I sort of talk about quilts and that type of thing, it's so nice to have someone who understands and and who can change out words because she knows that that's a better word to sell something or that's a better word to describe what we're trying to do. So um, that's also been really helpful because her background knowledge in the industry has, um, yeah, really helped that. So, okay. And then I am curious to talk about Facebook ads because, so, okay, 
let me explain how this all ties in. So I just opened up the Craft a Career Club and I did some video of where I shared with the members in the club how much I've earned every year, revenue and profit since I started my business. And I want to say it was 2021 that um, my revenue doubled, but my profit dipped from the year before. And that was the first year that I hired a CPA. And so I was like, what happened that year? Like, as I'm looking back, what in the world? That was the year that I hired and paid for Facebook ads and paid way too much. I was not getting a return on that. Now, fast forward to 2022, I still did Facebook ads. My profit and revenue jumped immensely, but the way I did the Facebook ads was very different. I spent way less on it. It was way more strategic. So I feel like I need to speak on that at some point. But how did you decide to not do the Facebook ads? And I will say the company that I recommended, they're great for short-term launches. They're not good at the marketing. You have to approach them with only hire them for a couple months and you need to have the marketing plan in store. They are not the brains. They just execute what you want. And that was my mistake. Yeah, I think that's exactly where I landed in the end in, in that it was new for me. It was new for my business. And someone really, at the end of the day, didn't have the knowledge to help me for what to put together it was you know mm-hmm. we can we can do the ad or we can do this and honestly the cost um was you know and I, it was it was out of my budget um because yeah. at the time I didn't have enough to put back into the business to be able to you know or at the time you know that's not where I wanted to put my money and um, that's mm-hmm. when I decided that there had to be another way to make what I had work. Which I will give a shout out. And I'm like, this is so not me. I, She's so great. I'm just going to share her. But then there's this bit of like, but I hope there's still enough for me. So that's not how I show up. That's not Elizabeth. There's enough for all of us. Michelle Fernandez. She offers a course on how to run Facebook ads that's phenomenal. You buy it once. You have access for life. Because the last course I bought, you only had access for a year. And I hate that because I'm like, I need to come back forever and ever, you know. And then she's who I used in 2022. And she helped me. I then hired her for four weeks right before my launch and during my launch. And she helped me with strategy. She helped me do the things for a much cheaper cost. And that's when, but I also had a launch strategy. But, um that that growth was out of this world. So I do recommend Michelle Fernandez. If anything, if nothing else, her course that she offers um where it's a one-time payment of it's it's affordable for what you get. So so there's that. But yeah, I think you made a smart move there. It was definitely, you know, it's it's on my radar and it, but it's just one of those things at the end of the day um with the other things that I was working on at the end of last year and what I've got going into this year, I literally had to pick and choose what I was going to mm-hmm. put my energy into, what was I going to put my money behind and back those. And um, I just realised that at the end of the day, there just wasn't enough room. There wasn't enough of me to go around essentially to be yeah. able to do even more things that at that stage I couldn't say were going to bring in a return. So 
Well, and Facebook ads are not a good strategy until certain things are in store or you have the right thing to put your money behind. And again, that's a topic for another day. But you're, I am very impressed with your business savvy of being able to filter out, I shouldn't do this, let's focus on this. That is a huge skill set that I feel like has really served you well. But I would love to touch on other things that you've done since the last time we talked and what's coming up and happened. Yeah, well, it's certainly, um, yeah, it's been so busy since uh, since we last chatted because basically off the back of um, us chatting last year, I also um, really took away from our chat and I sat down and one of the biggest takeaways from you and I talking last time was on your statement about owning my own credibility and that just kept playing over and over in my mind for what did I want the rest of you know the year to look like what was I going to work on what did I need to do in my business um, to move things forward and out of what we had talked about you had definitely suggested the online courses um, and that was something at that stage I hadn't entered into I was thinking about um, and but at that stage wasn't on my radar and then basically after chatting with you and just that sentence of owning your own credibility, I knew straight away then what I was going to to do in terms of getting an online course and it just lit that fire under me to be able to go, right, I, you know, I'm a teacher. That's just, it's, it's who I am, it's what I do and how to, <laughs> how to I just gave her cheers, you guys can't see us, but I'm like cheering her. <laughs> how to own that as an online course, because a lot of things, you know, there are a lot of things that you can teach and do and all that, but it always just kept coming back to me and my, um, just that need of always, and loving most in this quilting world is getting to share and getting to teach and getting to show others and one of my biggest um, elements of that is definitely with beginner quilters and that, you know, as a high school home economics teacher, you know, I've taught beginner, you know, sewists and, uh, you know, kids, you know, cooking and hospitality and tourism and all those things and just that beginner element uh, and teaching just really made me realise that getting an online course for beginners was absolutely going to be my goal for for last year. And uh, yeah, we're there. Any things to say on this? So first of all, remind me to ask you about the craftsy thing. So that's one of the things. Um, second of all, I love that you're leaning into the thing that you love. And I've seen other people who are like, well, I see that people are growing because they're offering these courses. So I should offer this course, even though that's not what they love to do. So everyone find what you love even if someone else is doing that thing or even especially if someone's not and do what you love and what you're good at and if especially if you're like this is too easy no one is even going to need this it's so obvious it's not to everyone what comes easy to you isn't easy for everyone and then okay to the craftsy thing you have some very cool experience with this. I remember years ago, you were flown to Denver and you recorded, it was classy or blue, whatever. It's gone through, I don't even know if it's around anymore. Golden Peak Media, yeah. Okay, yeah. So you have done this. Like you've been hired and you've made video tutorials. How was that? I'm so intrigued what that was like. That experience was just absolutely 
not only the scariest thing I've probably ever done, um, but just absolutely um, so exciting and so um, it just, I absolutely just was thrilled to be able to go and do that. That was off the back of my first book, Weekend Quilting, and getting to show that and just learning um, production crew and filming and you know I was getting hair and makeup done every every day right. and I saw that and was like I want that I want to be like a on behind the camera with someone doing my yeah. hair and makeup <laughs> and just learning how to um, you know talk and you know pausing when you do make mistakes and learning how to get across uh, what you need to do um, but it was just it was an amazing experience to to be able to get out there and do that and uh, I think I just didn't it's funny because even though I've done that before when it came to sort of putting together everything and I know I do reels and all that you know I do all that sort of stuff already on Instagram putting it into what is going to be my own course is just a completely different um, element you know because you've got to build a back end of a website and well you know and sales pages and checkout pages and drip flow emails and automations and so learning all of that but um definitely in terms of um you know hoping to that experience that I've had and I love it you know like I just you know getting to do that sort of filming I think because um being a teacher it's just getting up and talking in front of an audience has never bothered me you know I do get nervous absolutely and um, I get so excited by being able to share what I do and um, inspire others to you know become involved in our industry you know in in craft and making things for themselves and making their first quilt and definitely in terms you know I want to do more you know I can't I can't wait to yeah to be able to do some more and it's interesting I'm very much if I'm going to record videos and stuff I want to own that for myself like I want to own the rights to it and earn all of the income from that but never say never because I know there's some great exposure and some benefits that come from going on someone else's platform there's always pros and cons is that video that you did is it still available and has it in the past or now does it help grow your audience and have people get aware of who you are no <laughs> um it back in 2018 uh was when we when we filmed it and it went out to an audience it was done for like a set launch and that was great and um it also then was um as i said before it was helping promote um weekend quilting which was my first book uh which i then also took to market so that was mm-hmm. um I think that's almost where we probably first met up as well. So I think so, yeah. Yeah, and um, being able to do that, I think it was the experience at that time too, back in, if you think back to then, the platforms that we know exist now didn't, you know, people weren't doing, you right. know, online, you know, filming and, you know, reels, you know, all that type of video content didn't exist, you know, and certainly in terms of, you know, whilst I was, you know, on Instagram back then, it was certainly very different to... Yeah. to how <laughs> yeah to how it's promoted and and what you need to do to be able to you know get in front of your audience now so experience I would have to say absolutely experience and also at the time it was it was a big deal it was I was like my gosh that's amazing <laughs> so it's not still available no one can go in, and and it, it was it only a limited time that it, it was, was yeah ever? and a couple okay. of times it has sort of gone I've had information to say that it was back up I, Honestly, I'd have to actually go and have another look because sometimes it gets taken down. Sometimes it comes back up. Do you get royalties if it comes back up? Do you get paid or yes. do they own that? Yeah. Yeah, hmm. that's still interesting. 
So when does your course come out and what are you teaching? And who's your platform? I'm very curious. <laughs> so I've gone with New Zendler, which um, hmm, is one that, that um, there were quite a number of, um, of other Aussies here um, using that platform. So essentially I could see what they were doing. Um, I've probably asked them way too many questions, um, <laughs> but they've been, you know, um, my friends who have been here in Oz have been, you know, so great with that, who already have that platform. Um, but um, coming out on February 3rd is New Quilt on the Block, which is my... I like it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is my step-by-step uh, online beginner's uh, quilt course. And what will you be covering in the course? So this is very much for someone who hasn't made a quilt as yet. They've been keen. They're keen to start um, in the new year. Also, those people who have been trying to piece together all that that free content and try and sort of get, you know, watch this bit of video for this and um, or also, you know, just those people who are so keen. They've seen all those beautiful Pinterest photos, but the results that they're getting just aren't anything like um like what they're wanting so um online um for people so that my audience can be reached uh worldwide because i do have um yeah a lot of people through instagram and that who um come from canada and from the us and um over in europe so that was also a big thing in terms of really being able to take um, what I do and that and owning that beginner element and knowing that that's really where I sit in terms of the gold that I can bring to to a course and taking people right from the get-go knowing what tools to get what you know what equipment what does their sewing machine need to to look like in terms of if they've only been sewing on it how do they you know actually quilt on it which you know having a sewing machine mm-hmm. for you know dressmaking is very different to having a sewing machine Um, you know work for you in terms of quilting so taking them right through um, making their first quilt uh, with all the very much looking at all the the things along the way that sometimes are forgotten or sometimes aren't necessarily told to you like how and which way to press seams and why we press them in particular directions or particular pinning techniques that actually will help make a difference with how your end product actually looks so I've really sort of tried to spend I did a lot of research and with my background experience in teaching a lot of beginners I kind of knew where those big holes were in people learning for themselves and really those were my major sort of I wrote those down first so the areas that I knew beginner quilters really struggled with that's where I started and that's where the pattern came from as well it wasn't just a case of I've designed a quilt and here's a course. The actual course was structured from the beginning and the actual design was structured to actually showcase and to build those foundational skills for for quilters. I wrote the pattern first and then made a course, but you wrote the course and made a pattern with the beginner in mind, which I have to say from your first book, I learned something from you that has stuck with me and I still think of you every time I do it. You talked about when you sew a piece together that you should press the iron on those stitches before you press the seams. It seals it. And I I learned that from you. And I really picture your face every time I do that. Or if I don't do it, I'm like, oh, sorry, Jemima. <laughs> no, I love it. I, and that's, you know, honestly, um, you know, I was just you know, recently on a um, teaching trip in New Zealand 
and I had a student who was who was struggling in the class and I was and I actually sat down at her machine and I was just trying to I'd seen what she was doing and I was like this you know she wasn't happy with how it was coming together and she just couldn't work out why it wasn't coming together and I literally sat down and we looked at what was going on and she didn't have a quarter inch foot and no one had ever told her she said she'd been doing lessons for ages she'd been doing them in a patchwork um in in a quilting store but no one had ever actually looked at her foot that she was sewing with and that's exactly why her pieces weren't coming together. It wasn't that she wasn't great at sewing and this is where people fall in that hole. It's not, you know, they lose that momentum because yeah. it's not necessarily them. Sometimes it's those other elements that, you know, or your equipment or your tools that you think are the right thing but you don't necessarily know you know, the, the foot that your machine comes with isn't actually, you know, great for quilting. Yeah. Well, and you, I mean, I call it a battleground, but kind of, you've been on the battleground. You've been with those people who are frustrated and not getting results. And I can see some great reels here where you're like scrolling through and you see this amazing thing on Pinterest and then you pull up yours and it's like wonky and terrible. I just, there's some fun marketing you can do here. I recently, um, a couple of weeks ago when I, in because I'm getting busy promoting um, New Quilt on the Block um, with the doors opening soon, um, I actually have my first quilt and I've taken some of the promo photos have been taken um, with that first quilt and whilst there are so many holes that I could pick in that first quilt, the story isn't actually about what's necessarily wrong with it. It's just that that was, that was what I knew at the time and, yeah. you know, yeah. that was – but most importantly that was the beginning of a, of I didn't understand when I made that first quilt that I would be here now and that th- that is where it would take right. me and how many people I would wrap up in quilts and how many gifts I would give and how many things I just didn't realize how that one piece of fabric would actually change the course of of you know the course of my life I mean, that actually gives me goosebumps. That's really beautiful. I love that. Like people, you just never know where this will bring you. That's right. And just, you know, that, that feeling that beginners can have and that success and being so proud of taking their first quilt and gifting it to someone and absolutely wrapping up those people who are most important to them and just feeling like they've actually achieved something that they're proud of and wanting to do more. That's our biggest thing in quilting and in terms of, you know, a lot of what I teach it's you know you're going to have if you've got people who are having success in um, what they're doing then that spurs them on to want to do more it makes them want to pick up their next quilt pattern you know where if if they've spent more time unpicking or if they've spent more time you know worried about every little seam coming together then you know we want people quilting and you know sometimes you know it's those things that um, I've really tried to sort of look at in the course and really try to to make people sort of um, accomplish something that I know that they can do. And it's interesting because I grew up with my mom sewing and quilting and I had some pretty rough experiences. The sewing machine wasn't great, the thread would get all terrible and and then I took a sewing class in high school. I wish I had saved what I made. It was so bad. But I just kind of wrote off sewing and quilting because it was a very frustrating experience. And so if we can, 
open the gates and help make it a positive experience? Because I wanted to. I mean, I, I signed up for that sewing course. There were other options, but I was like, how cool would it be to make this or that? And I hated it. So, and now here I am. It's my profession. So if we can help people experience the good, because clearly they're interested. They're coming because they want to learn. Let's help that be a positive thing so that there's more, you know. That's it. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you want people to be excited to make their quilt, you know, already be having that, you know, what am I going to be making next? And, you know, have them already with those wheels turning for them to be inspired by, you know, the fabric that they see or, you know, having seen something that maybe they thought wasn't achievable yet, they're now ready to tackle because, that's a big thing in terms of, you know, making sure that people um, absolutely can feel inspired but not necessarily intimidated when they're starting yeah. in quilting. Because it is intimidating. Even for me now, I'd love to make some garments and I'm like, uh, I don't know about that. It's a very intimidating threshold. So for someone to hold your hand to any new thing, because there's – and I would watch – there was a craftsy show that I purchased that came with a pattern and the person who was running – the show or whatever they would just sew and open and their seams matched up I'm like that's not that's not happening over here how did you like slow it down help me so I just think that's so cool yeah I've really tried to to structure the course so that that the elements aren't massive and overwhelming as well because if you're going to be spending what little precious time a lot of us have on a you know on a hobby and and in learning how to quilt when we've got such busy lives and you know kids happening and all the other things and you know family commitments and work commitments that time has to be um, productive and it has to be you know useful and it has to be something that they're really excited and inspired to do so I've tried to really make the video content and the workbook content really about doing rather than spending hours and hours watching and having then spent all that time watching rather than getting making. So I've really been very intentional with how the the units are structured uh, to be able to have people, you know, getting that that beautiful end result and also one that they're just so proud of at the end. And you have a workbook. I just heard you mention that. So that's awesome. Yeah, so each of the units, um, not only are there videos, there are also um, details that go together for for that with with the workbook so everything's laid out everything not only is there the visual element but there's the written element because we all have different ways that we learn you really are a great teacher I love it how did you record did you record on your phone what was your setup like so that was probably initially my biggest hurdle as to how was I actually going to make this course and how was I going to do the video obviously I'd done a lot of work with you know reels and video content and that um so i actually um invested in a course uh, last year um patchwork which i know you know about oh yeah um and essentially sort of got myself set up with um i got a lighting kit and it was kind of like each fortnight i was building on this whole video element because i knew that that's where the where the most important elements of the course had to be um so in getting some um investigating some really good phone holders so i've got some some great um phone gear to be able to um record shots from my phone and essentially i've done it off on my iphone 
Awesome. I love to hear that because often people are so intimidated and they think I need to hire a professional videographer or whatever. And I'm like, "Uh uh-uh, please don't. But I am curious, would you be able to share links to the things that you've bought to record with? Yeah. Yeah. Because I actually get asked all the time on Instagram because I've been sharing, because I share a lot of that content. People are like, where did I get that particular, you know, thing from? And the only obviously difference um, for me is I'm in Australia. So I generally will buy off Amazon.com um, for in Australia um, for particular gear that I can't get locally or anything else. Um, but yeah, definitely happy to. You know, sometimes you just need the name of what the item is to be able to then go and yeah. search and and that sort of thing. So you know, there are some things that I've had that have worked. Um, I sent back an item um, because it just it actually didn't hold the weight of my phone. Which one was that? Out of curiosity, uh, it was an overhead. Um, it's almost like a an L-shaped um, mm-hmm. phone holder um, that was looked really sturdy, but unfortunately, my phone is is quite big, so it actually just didn't hold the weight of the phone. So we had to come up with some other elements um, for that. So, but in saying that as well, I did have um, I've got um, some awesome help in terms of helping with the filming because there were just areas that I actually couldn't film myself or I couldn't get. Um, you know, the use of tripod, like I've got the tripods and the lights and that, it actually didn't necessarily capture what I needed um, very specifically. Uh, so um, I had um, some amazing help from, um, yeah, from, from Eloise and she helped me, you know, with the filming in terms of, you know, there were things that I knew that I did and then there were other elements that we, we um, I put together all the ideas and the run sheet for what we needed to film when we were together um, and then she was she was great with that and, and definitely in terms of helping um, yeah with editing and that so sometimes there are just things that are outside your skill set and that's as I know you know very well that's where you get those people and again that was, was just an area that I knew investing my money into was hopefully going to be a, you know see a return <laughs> Yeah. So who is Eloise? You mentioned the name. I'm like, wait, who is this? Yeah. Eloise is, uh, she's an oh, absolute magician. She has um, helped me with a lot of the content that I do here in the studio. And um, my two my two teenage girls generally will give me about two seconds before they're like, come, you know, like, are we done? Um, <laughs> so I realized very quickly that I needed to get someone else to come and help me with um, some of the video content. So Eloise has come in to help me with that. And then she's really great at being able to um, edit things really quickly. And um, yeah, just her eye for content um, and knowing um, what I, you know, what I do because I've been working with her for a little while now, you know, she doesn't know anything about quilting, but she now has um, definitely sort of a bit more knowledge and, and that, but um yeah, it's, it's one of those cases as with, you know, getting help in your VA and just those deciding in your business who are the people who are going to help. You know, it doesn't sometimes have to be things like Facebook ads. It actually might be, you know, another area and thinking outside the square of, you know, like not putting your money into something else because there is going to be something else that will actually help move that needle. So is she your virtual assistant, Eloise? Uh, no, she is a content creator. Really? And she just you just met her by living by you? She was actually, um, when Reels first came out, she was actually doing coaching for Reels. So I met her mm. from um, going and learning. Um, she was teaching some workshops and I went along and she was, in, like for me, I had 
said I was not doing reels when you know for about the first six months and I didn't want to didn't want to know about them um so I actually had to learn we all were like that yeah so so I signed up to her course and her workshop um to actually learn how to upload a reel how to put music to it and all that sort of thing so and um yeah we've been working together sort of since then because I realized also at that point that she was um, a great great member to have um you know helping me out you know what else is like my dream? To have some young college student who's very in with trends and technology who happens to live next door to me so she can come over every day and record content, <laughs> post it for me, and then make a schedule for the month. You have this coming up. Let's promote. That's my dream. I'm just going to throw it out in the universe so that maybe I'll have some kind of Eloise in my life. <laughs> Yeah, no, look, definitely the people, um, you know, behind me this year, you know, and especially last year, um, you know, Xanthi and, and Eloise, they're the people who are yeah, helping to make things happen for me in terms of, you know, when I don't know things, they're the people who are, you know, who are experts in their areas. And, and mm-hmm. that's the difference in knowing sometimes there are things that I can do and that there are things that they can do in half the amount of time um and and that was that you know in terms of filming that was where I knew my my biggest roadblock was and that's when I went I can I can do it and I've certainly done you know I did plenty of it for the course and that sort of thing but there were other areas and I'm like it's going to take me way too long and too many takes and the sun's going to go down and I'm going to have enough light and all that sort of thing where if I get someone in in to help um I can actually make it better And I also have to touch on the fact that I love, I mean, you just mentioned it in passing, but she taught a course in your area. You are a student. You're learning. Like even you reaching out, can I have a coaching call? You know, I mean, you are, you're a teacher, but you're a learner. And the ones who really succeed are forever students, you know, learning, learning, trying new things. And I really admire that. So well done. Thank you. It's definitely, this has been the biggest, you know, the last six months in building this course uh, absolutely has been the scariest, biggest step I've taken in my business since I can remember. It's almost like those first day classroom jitters. Um, You know, you don't sleep the night before because you're so excited to meet that new class. And it's it's exactly how I felt also in my business. Whilst it's been absolutely challenging and there have been tears, I will not lie. And there have been there have been days where I'm like I actually can't I can't work this out like this just doesn't how, how can I not put this together and then now I'm looking at having doors ready to open and I'm I'm actually just it's it's really nice to look back at the moment and go wow like I can't actually believe like I've, I've yeah I feel like I've I'm, I'm getting there. I'm just so excited for you. So I'm curious, will doors be open all the time? Do you have open and close launch? So for this uh, launch, obviously it's my first one and also the first time I've offered um, this type of course on this type of um, platform. So I've chosen a doors open and doors close um, approach. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a course that I want to offer again later in the year. Um, so that's potentially sort of where I'm headed with it but I wanted to go through that experience of learning how to do all those open emails and actually learning how to do that side of it as well Uh, so that's and that's where a lot of the other challenges have have come up and a lot of the other learnings in actually how to to launch a product and 
and uh, do that. So, yeah, so doors are, doors are open for five days only uh, for this and what will be my founding, founding student round, which I'm really excited about because I've actually had some testers um, who I've worked with over the last six months. So they've been through the course. They've been with awesome. me since the beginning and I've been using their feedback and working with them, um, you know, one of whom had never quilted ever. Perfect. So, you know, actually seeing, you know, her first quilt um, and that it's just, it's, it's amazing. You know, like the, the messages that you get, you know, from from people when they're making things, that's that's what lights me up, you know, just that success and their, you know, this is the quilt that I've made. That's, that's, that's the, you know, that's what we do it for. I love it, which I'm going to throw this out. This is like my secret weapon. If I haven't mentioned it already, the book Launch by Jeff Walker. He has a new version that just came out. Read it. Obviously not for this launch. It's a bit close, but you're going to launch later this year. I'm going to say I love him or uh, not in that way, but um, he the, I read the book years ago because I want to say Bonnie Christine or someone recommended it. And I was and I I didn't finish it because it just felt a bit fluffy. I was like, I need action items this is like, I don't need to hear any more stories about success of how this worked. I need to know what to do. But then I hired a mentor last year and she was like, read that book, do everything it says step by step. And, um, my launch quadrupled, like it just, it was crazy. So I would read that book and implement it. And I feel like I'm sharing my secret weapon with the world, but everyone deserves to know about it. So no, I'm definitely, definitely excited to see, you know, this, obviously a lot of people who are already in my audience, you know, they've already made that, that their first quilt or they're, you know, there are a couple of quilts down the road. So this has also been growing that newer side of, of my audience, which I think I already have really catered to beforehand because most of my patterns, I always, um, I'm very much, um, love writing to that beginner quilter because, a lot of my patterns aren't necessarily rocket science, but what I have and that teaching element is in in the words, in those instructions, and you know, helping people to to work through you know a pattern maybe that they haven't felt confident doing. Definitely getting them sort of started on their on their adventures in quilting and um, having them love it and enjoy them. So yeah, I'm really excited to see how this how this goes. I'm obviously extremely nervous um as well um but also just more excited that you know I've had you know reaching you know new people and the the response already is is starting to to be really really positive so a whole new element to to what I offer so yeah very cool well and even I don't know on my 10th quilt there's always things that you it's it's just like a sport or anything else I mean my husband's like it's all about the fundamentals fundamentals you know his favorite teams are the ones who focus on the fundamentals same with quilting you go back to the fundamentals even now I was with a friend making a binding and she's like I can see you struggling with that a bit let me show you this and she showed me a tip you never stop learning it always goes back to the fundamentals so no matter how experienced you are there's always something you can learn about the fundamentals so I've definitely, um, you know, New Quilt on the Block is definitely designed, um, you know, for beginners, for that for that person looking to make their first quilt. But I have had messages already in DMs, you know, like I've already made a couple of quilts, but I don't feel like I had the the right 
teachings in terms you know or I've pieced it all together from YouTube you know do you think that this course would still be suitable and I've answered absolutely because focusing on learning those skills focusing on learning the actual correct equipment that you need not just you know these are all the tools and and you know you need needles and and whatever else actually going through and describing what they are and what they do and why they're different to other areas of sewing um, so that's definitely something that I've come across as, as I've begun to, to promote the course that, yeah, people are sort of keen to, to learn that element and, um, those skills and techniques, um, maybe who haven't been shown, you know, pinning, you know, pinning and how to pin, um, as opposed to just, you know, slapping it together and, you know, hoping for the best. So. Well, even now I'm like, what is the correct way to pin? Maybe I need to take this course. <laughs> But you okay? There's more that's coming up this year. So and um, we just have a couple minutes left. But let's hear what else is happening. It's been a lot happening. Well, big year, definitely. Um, I've got coming out in March is my third book. So I'm very very excited to uh, to get this third book out. Uh, it's been a little bit of a it's taken a little bit of time to get out there, but I'm definitely hoping that um, it's going to be well received. It's quite a um, it's not a different book to what I've written beforehand, but it's definitely got a little bit of a plot twist in that this is um, not just a quilting book. It's actually also a crochet book. So if anyone's been following me on Instagram, they kind of um, possibly already know that I love crochet. Um, I've always done it. Um, that's actually, I've done it since I was a, a child and I, I think I learned to crochet long before I you know, learned to quilt. So it's funny how it's come completely full circle in that that was actually the first craft that I learned mm. and now I've been able to put together crochet and quilt in one book that's so cool I actually I did not know that when I saw the title of the book I was like huh crochet so I didn't know that and I actually side note I love the way you word things it's very Australian slash British you said a little bit of a plot twist <laughs> I love that I might have to use that phrase sometime and you also mentioned fortnight in America we do not use that term I know now because I lived in England it means two weeks means two weeks yep but it's not a common phrase and so my kids play the game fortnight when you said fortnight I'm like are you playing the game fortnight <laughs> so I love the little cultural things but yeah oh and when I've you know when I've been in the U.S. previously there are definitely things that you learn and people will look at you and you're like oh they don't know what I've just <laughs> yes. said or they don't know what I mean and uh yeah definitely sort of uh that that bridge um and you know in terms of writing as well you know those are mm -hmm. things that you know I have to actually write all my I, I misspell according oh, right. to, you know, color, you know, everything. You. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, color and all those sorts of words I actually write, um, you know, um, as American English rather than, um, you know, my Australian English. And um, Oh, for shame. I feel like you should be able to keep your culture in there, but. <laughs> um, so, but um, yeah, no, really, you know, it's definitely um, a book about taking those two crafts. You can be a beginner in either craft um, each of the patterns, um, and this is where that, that plot twist comes in, every pattern is identical. So each pattern has, you can either make it as a crochet blanket or a crochet project, or you can actually make the identical item as a quilt. That is so cool. So did you have this idea or did the publisher approach you with that? No. So what happened was um, late, oh, would have been 2021, I started, was actually sort of a bit of an experiment where I took my, what is my Aurora quilt pattern 
And I was like, because it's half square triangles and I know you love half square triangles. Um, <laughs> I took, I, I kept looking at that pattern and I'm, I was into crochet quite heavily at the time and I'm like, I really think I can make this quilt pattern into a crochet blanket. And it kind of just took legs from there because I had not actually been doing crochet in terms of tied with a ribbon. I hadn't been, it wasn't something I was doing professionally. It was just my break time at night time and relaxing from spending all day quilting. So uh, it was never intended as something I thought would come, you know, in terms of eventually being a book or anything like that. But um, essentially, yeah, I've, I've been w working on turning those quilt pattern designs into crochet blankets. And whilst that's definitely sort of not a new idea, obviously there's plenty of that sort of thing around. Um, I when, didn't know that actually. <laughs> um, I actually, originally the, the idea for the book came up and I said, I actually don't want to write that, but I'd love to write this idea. And that's actually the idea that we've gone through with, with the actual book. So um, because originally the book was going to be more focused on crochet and I sort of said, look, you know, that's most of my audience are, are here for the quilting. That's that's what I've built my audience off. That's what I love to teach. And um, but what I have learned is that I really do love, you know, both those elements. And one of them, you know, is, is where I started, you know, as a child and then being able to now sort of, you know, teach that. I really sort of never thought I would um, teach that. And um, But definitely, yeah, so, so Quilt at Crochet came about and I was really, at the time I was at like, this is what I want to do for the book. And I was also, this is what I want to do, but I was happy if not to write it as well. So it was kind right. of a bit of a deal breaker really, because it was either I was going to do that or I wasn't actually keen at I that like stage. That, that, that was what lit me up to write another book. Um, rather yeah. than, you know, I wasn't in the headspace to, um, come up with anything that sort of someone was putting on me because I knew that I when you write a book you have to be passionate about it from go to end like it just turns out this is true it's this it's such true. a big part of your life for so long and just you know and content and the element and if you're not loving writing that then you're spending a lot of time probably wishing you hadn't signed up in the yes, first place true isn't that true with anything in life any kind of business or anything you have to really love it yeah and I've learned that along the way you know you know with it being my third book I knew what I wanted it to look like and yeah just at that point where you know if it, I have plenty of other things to go on with in yeah if, if that wasn't the opportunity that was that was the right one for me so um but yes so so I'm, I'm thankful now that it, we're nearly at that stage where we're about to launch it's going to go out into the world and yeah looking forward to sharing that very cool. I also really love that you were like, well, there's plenty of books that are out there like that already. This brings up the point that we are oversaturated in what we're looking at. So a lot of people would be like, oh, there's already beginning quilt courses or, or whatever it is that your passion is. We feel like that market's oversaturated. But here you mentioned to me, there's so many books with the quilt and crochet. I've never heard of it at all. There will always be more people who haven't seen what you want to offer than there are people who have seen it. There's always going to be an audience for what you want to give. So I just, that's a big thing to think about. 
Yeah, I mean the publisher definitely when I brought that because originally, as I said, the concept was for just it being crochet. When I added in that element of the quilt part of it, they initially were like, "Oh, this, you know, how are we going to put that together in one book?" And whilst there's plenty of it on the internet, I don't know that there had been a lot of it specifically within the pages of a book and. So this whole sort of original concept was like, oh, I don't know if this is going to fly. You know, this, you know, this is really hard to sell, you know, to do we, which audience do we sell it? Do we sell it to the crochet side? Do we sell it to, you know, quilting stores, you know? And honestly, I had an email back within 24 hours of the board having gone, we absolutely have, you know, love this idea. And that cross mix of the two was, was really welcomed. So... Um, it, yeah, I think at the time it was definitely a different idea to put it in the pages of a book. Yeah, I'll be curious. I, w- I would love to hear from you down the road how that's going and who it's selling more to, the crochet, the quilting. I'm very curious about that. Yeah, and definitely also, you know, that whole element, again, leaning into, you know, my my love for teaching and all the projects are beginner projects. You know, I didn't want to sort of put out there anything that was going to put off, you know, that beginner element and putting off anyone who didn't know how to do one or the other because you can literally pick up the book and you could just make the quilt projects out of it or you could just make the crochet projects out of it but also feel confident enough to tackle both. Well, okay, I've got to wrap it up. I have another meeting coming up, but is there anything before we go that you want to share or touch on? Uh, Well, I'm really looking forward to New Quilt on the Block uh, with doors opening on February 3rd. So I'm really excited and um, I'm definitely uh, looking forward to people uh, coming along, checking out uh, the details for that if they um, have listened and uh, thought that they've they've loved that. And um, definitely sort of watching along as um, on Instagram. I love sort of checking out and um, chatting to people on Instagram. I spent probably way too much time over there, um, you know, um, but I I love connecting with people and people making, you know, my patterns and, and very much, yeah, looking forward to, to those things as well as, um, yeah, I've got a a lot of traveling um, on the books this year. So yeah, I'm very much uh, looking forward to, I've got, um, so far I've got four interstate um, workshops and trunk show and principal speaking events um, that I'm headed over to. So I'm so excited for 2023. Are you coming to Quilt Market in the fall by chance? Uh, is that for Houston? Probably yeah. not because I'm already okay. at another yeah speaking um, speaking engagement. So, um, but yeah, look, you know, I'm really hoping to get back to the to the US. I'm hoping next year. So 2024, um, QuiltCon is absolutely on my bucket list. It's also yes. yeah a big goal of mine to uh, to get over to QuiltCon. Yes, I shall be there in 2024. Wait, yeah, okay, not 2023, but 2024, so. All right, well, we'll, we'll have to chat together and make sure that we're sorted. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, I'm going to put in the show notes, bequilterscandy.com forward slash 92. There, what should I share? What will be there? Will it be, I, people can't sign up yet, but is there a wait list? There's absolutely a wait list. So, um, and once you pop your name on that wait list, you'll also get my quilters terms um, and cheat uh, maths cheat sheet as well. So you get yourself a little okay. um, PDF sheet, um, a couple of pages of that. And that absolutely will help you with all your quilting terms and your 
quilting mats and that will lead you into uh, knowing when doors open um, and seeing the course through that so I'll send you yeah those details definitely would love to have that and um, if uh, people are following along on Instagram then they'll see um, not only the information for that but also coming up for my book Quilt It, uh, Crochet It and uh, yeah there's definitely and of course you can always go to my website uh, and sign up there for my newsletter as well so you'll always be in um, in the loop on all the type of the written news yes. well I kind of wanted to opt in to get that math okay this is one other thing before we go why is there an s at the end of math maths because in Australia we say maths just that's just in England does it too the first time I heard it I'm like why are they making that plural <laughs> yeah it's just maths is a subject here it's always just uh, always been maths yeah, yeah. So when you hear people say math, are you like, I know they're American. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's so weird. These little things. I'm like, what, how, what happened there? Mm-hmm. But anyhow. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was so fun catching up. This went longer than I would have loved to keep going. You're just so fun to chat with. I love chatting business and you're just very pleasant. So thank you. Thanks Liz. You've, you've been such a great, you know, inspiration to me and you and I've been friends for a long time now and in, in um you know knowing what we both get up to and and that's always been so great and uh, yeah really su- supportive of what I do so I really appreciate that you you've always got time for me and um definitely looking forward to to seeing you know what what comes of this year yeah and let me know if you read that launch book too I'd love to chat about it with you definitely going to get that one all right well good luck with the launch thank you again for being here thanks Liz Jemima, thank you so much for being on the podcast. As always, it was a pleasure to chat with you. And I just, I I hope the listeners could tell how much I loved just diving deep and chatting business and hearing what's coming up for your business. It's such exciting things. I'm really, I mean, not that it's like my jurisdiction to be proud, but I'm really proud of all that you've done. It's been so awesome to see. So thank you for being on the podcast. And if you don't already, go and follow Jemima, Tied with a Ribbon, and keep an eye out for her course. She is definitely one talented quilter. And I mean, you heard even me. I'm like, "Mm, I think I could learn quite a bit from this. So go check that out. And again, thank you so much for being here, Jemima. Next week, I have a unique guest on the show, and it's unique in the fact of how we met each other. So we, you'll hear how we met. She approached me at a book signing, and I was like, oh, you have this shop. You should be on the podcast. And she is. She, in fact, it was a lovely time chatting with her. I cannot wait to introduce you to Laura of Global Fiber Shop. She just brings a really unique perspective for those of you listeners who are thinking of opening an online fabric shop. And she's been very successful. I cannot wait to introduce you to Laura next week of Global Fiber Shop. Until then, have a wonderful week, and we will see you back here next Friday on the Craft a Career podcast. Mm-hmm.